Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. All right, so we begin a new series today that we have titled Doing Good. Let's read from Acts chapter 10, verse 38, New Living Translation. Acts 10, 38, New Living Translation. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Wow. So if I ask you right now, which of your acquaintances would go to heaven and which would go to hell? Will you be able to draw up a list (laughs) or the lists? Yes. Who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? That is if you believe in heaven (laughs) and hell, of course. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then of course you do because Jesus Christ described both. Okay. So the question is, what would be your basis or standards for deciding who would make heaven or hell? Oh, by the way, I should ask you, where did you find yourself on the list? Okay, so what's your basis? What's your standard for deciding or determining, sorry, who would make heaven and who would go straight to hell? Where did you get those standards from? You know, are they from the Bible? Okay, um, are you sure or... Is it just something you heard people say or even preach? Have you checked the Bible yourself to check? Right? Okay. So, having read the Bible a little bit myself, you know, to find out, one thing I can say clearly is that there will be surprises on Judgment Day. There will be surprises on Judgment Day. And... My basis is from something Jesus said himself, right? Yes. (laughs) From his description, there will be surprises on Judgment Day. Some people will make it to heaven. They will be surprised they did. Some people will not make it to heaven. They'll go to the other place. (laughs) That's hell, right? And they will be surprised that they did. My, oh my. And doesn't that suggest something to us? that the parameters we think God will use may not be the parameters he will use. We try to play the judge, you know, over one another's lives, yet God is the ultimate judge, the righteous judge, the holy judge, okay? So, yeah, I draw my conclusions from Matthew 25. When you get home, please read Matthew 25 uh, from verse 31 down to verse 46. So I'm not going to go through the reading now to save us time. Honestly, it's something you need to read for yourself. But this is the summary. Jesus said at the end of time, when we get to the judgment, that God would look at some people and say to them, Well done, guys. You did well. You did well. So you, you just move on to heaven, okay? 
and they would say, okay, what happened? He would say, oh, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me water to drink. I was naked, you clothed me. I was in prison, you visited me. And they would say, we can't remember though. <laughs> when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you water to drink naked and clothe you? When? And he would say, for as much as you did, you did it to any of the least of these people, you did it to me. My, oh my. <laughs> so they qualified without realizing it. Jesus said then he would look to the people on the other side and tell them, you know, you just go straight on to hell because I was hungry, you did not feed me. I was thirsty, you did not give me water to drink. I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was in prison, you did not visit me. And, and there would be an argument. They would, people would argue with God. When did we see you hungry? I mean, this is impossible. You, God, <laughs> how, how could I ever see you hungry and not feed you? How? And God would say, oh, since you did not do it to any of the least of these people, you did not do it to me. In fact, you, my summary, you know, my paraphrase of what Jesus was saying would be to the first group, Jesus was saying, well, you saw me, but you did not recognize me. See, you saw me, but you did not recognize me. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat, you know. And of course, what was Jesus saying there? People will find out on that judgment day that every human being is an extension of God. There is a bit of God in every human. It doesn't matter what their circumstances are, doesn't matter who gave birth to them, where they were born, you know, or their status. There is a bit of God in every human. Hallelujah. Whatever you do to man, you have done to God. Would it be surprising then when they asked Jesus, you know, in Matthew 22, you read verses 37 to 40, which is the greatest commandment, that Jesus said, oh, the greatest commandment, oh, love the Lord your God. And he said, and there's a second one that, that goes with it, love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever you do to man, you have done to God. <laughs> okay, whatever you don't do to man, you have not done to God. I think we need to breathe on that. We need to breathe on that. We need to let that sink in. How have you been treating God? Wow, 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 wow. You would think that now that we know, and especially given the fact that Jesus Christ said these over 2,000 years ago, that not a single person would miss heaven, right? That sounds logical, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're about to write an examination. You have had the opportunity to know the kind of questions that would be asked. You've even had the opportunity to read the answer. Should you fail the exam? Oh, no. But some people still do. Yeah. Dull students do. 
<laughs> Some people still do. Okay, so that's it. So Jesus Christ gives the basis here. He, 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 he clearly demonstrates, you know, in clear imagery, what will transpire on the day of judgment. Yet, given the fact that he said some people will still be going straight to hell, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Because some people will. Some people will. So you ask, okay, now that we know what we're supposed to do, that it is basically how we treat other humans. It is how we treat other people. That is going to be the big deal. The big deal. Why should anyone still fail this test? Why should anyone still treat some other person in a bad way? Oh, well... I'll tell you why. I'll tell you that the sacrificial love that Jesus Christ is describing as being the quality of those that will enter heaven does not come normally with human nature. I will say that again. The sacrificial love that would be the quality of those that will make heaven does not come normally with human nature. Loving people sacrificially is God's nature. Unfortunately, after Adam and Eve sinned, every human born into this world, except Jesus Christ who avoided the spam of Joseph, okay, Every human born into this world is born with the nature of sin. Mm, 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 mm. Human nature is sinful nature. This sinful nature harbors hatred, malice, grudges. Uh, this sinful human nature desires revenge when it is hurt. Yes. This sinful human nature is into cursing and stealing and killing, taking another life. Only sinful human nature would see another human, right, and value money more than that human or value a car more than that human. Only sinful human nature would be so warped in its perception and be so blinded spiritually as to sacrifice a human for money or to sacrifice a human for some other purpose or to just take a life like that without thinking about it, just take the life out like life that is irreplaceable on this planet, life that we cannot create on our own. Life is sacred, but that is it. It is sinful human nature. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. That's Acts chapter 10 verse 38, our foundational verse. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. You look at our world right now and see the darkness. It's darkness, you know, closing in on our world. It's getting darker and darker. Depression is, you know, 
has gone haywire in our world. There's despondency, there's despair in our world right now. And there's hunger in our world right now. There's suffering, there's deprivation in our world right now. There's war in our world right now. And millions of people are displaced from their homes. Right now, in our world, millions of people living in camps, living in sheds. And some people right in the middle of luxury, sleeping on the streets. It's a dark world right now. It's a dark world. So, and the big question is, so who, who are the people that are going to bring the light into our world? Who are the people that are going to brighten our world? They're the people... That, that, that will follow the footsteps, the example of Jesus Christ. He went about doing good. Thank you, Lord. Woo, thank you, Lord. Evil will not subsume our world. Evil will not subsume your nation. Evil will not subsume your city. In the name of Jesus Christ. I love you know the declaration about Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never overcome it. Hallelujah! The presence of light is the automatic dispersion of darkness, automatic cancellation of darkness. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Ooh, I love it. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 9, you read verses 4 and 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as you and I are here, darkness, I repeat, darkness will not overcome this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Good. So let's do, let's follow the example of Jesus Christ. He went about doing good. Let us do good. He was healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So good. Satan comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Yes, he employs all kinds of opportunities. Honestly, all kinds of opportunities. Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. So I'll give you this secret that I discovered. The starting point for doing good like Jesus Christ is to have the kind of a nature that Jesus Christ had, the God nature. The nature of God is the nature of love. Nature is powerful. I say it again, nature is powerful. Your nature determines your future. Your nature determines your future. You know, when we say Jesus was doing good, we can easily focus on his physical activities. Oh, yes, he healed the sick. Oh, yes, he even, you know, through a miracle produced food for people to eat. He raised the dead. Fantastic. But there's a reason why you are called a human being, not a human doing. Doing refers to your activities. Being refers to your nature. And honestly, being comes before doing. 
being controls doing. The nature of any living thing is what puts a cap on what it can do. And I say that about you and me, your nature and my nature is what puts a cap on what we can do. The nature of a lizard has forever put a limit on what a lizard can do. Am I right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> there is no amount of training you can give a lizard that will give it the capacity to teach you like I'm teaching you now. Mm-hmm. You can only do that in cartoon movies. <laughs> because it is beyond the nature of the lizard. That's it. So, I, I, so I, let me paint a picture. It's in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, you read the first six verses. Actually, the whole chapter describes it. But just read the first six verses in John chapter 3. A man named Nicodemus, you know, a leader in government, comes in the night and speaks to Jesus Christ. He says, Master, you're a teacher from God. No man can do these miracles that you do except God is with him. Amazing, isn't it? Yes. You see his interest. You see his analysis. You know, he knows Jesus is producing results nobody else produced before. And he says, this is extraordinary. And then Jesus replies to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Nicodemus, except a man is born again, he cannot see or experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, what? Born again? You mean born twice? Is that possible? Are you suggesting that someone as old as I am would go into my mother's womb and be born the second time? And Jesus said to him in John chapter 3 verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, so yes, I'm talking about you being born the second time, but the two births are different. The two births are different. The first one is natural. But you see a common principle running through the two. The first one is natural, the second one is spiritual, but it's the same principle. Kind will always beget kind. Without interference, a monkey will give back to a monkey, a donkey will give back to a donkey, a goat will give back to a goat. Have you seen that? You are a human being because you were born by a human being. Same, but Nicodemus, there's another dimension. It is possible for a human being to be born by God, <laughs> born by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, that is explosive. That is explosive. <laughs> that is explosive. It is possible for the Spirit of God to remove the nature of sin, that nature that wants to hate, that wants to revenge, that wants to fight, that, that has uncontrollable anger, okay? That nature that steals, that nature that wants to kill somebody else, the Spirit of God can remove it and put God's nature in there. Whoa! <laughs> That's a miracle. That's the greatest miracle in this world. Let me say this to you clearly. You can give to other people. You can give money. You can give goods. You can do some good. 
Okay? But I'll tell you this. You can give without loving. But you can never love without giving. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Hallelujah. So our own doing good, our giving, is it comes from the inside. It is part of our nature. There's no way else we would have it. We cannot see people in need and not give of what we have to make life better for them. All right, so let me say finally here. The greatest good Jesus Christ ever did is to make it possible for us to have the God nature. The wages of sin is death. The Bible says the price for sin is death. Jesus went on the cross and he died a shameful death and took all of the pain, all the shame. Not only did he take your sins and mine on the cross, he took all the consequences of sin, absorbed them into himself. Hallelujah. So today all you and I have to do is just ask God to forgive us our sins and to remove the nature. He does instantly. He removes that nature. He puts his own nature there. Whoa! On the outside you may look the same. On the inside you have changed. And having the nature of God gives you the capacity to think, to talk, to feel, to act like God. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, this is powerful. We can't, if we can't exhaust it in one day, this is powerful. So right now what I want to do, I want to pray with that honest person who says, I can't be lying before God right now. My relationship with God is not okay. I'm a sinner. I want God to forgive me my sins. I want to have the nature of God. Can you please put your hand on your, on your heart where you are? Can you please just put your hand on your heart where you are? Let's pray together right now. <laughs> Can you say this prayer after me? Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that said this prayer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you because a miracle just happened. The nature of sin has been removed from them. You put your own nature in them. We thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Heavenly Father, we ask you to teach them to know you personally. Teach them to love you. Teach them to serve you the rest of their lives. We're grateful for this miracle of change. And let everything about their lives change, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.